they call me hanging in the backseat oh. with the gang. Hanging in the backseat with the gang. Yeah. Hanging in the backseat. Come on. With the gang. Yeah. With the gang. Hey. With the gang. Hanging in the backseat with the gang. Ooh. Hanging in the backseat with network gang. Hey. Hanging network. in the backseat with the gang. Uh. With the gang. You know it ain't no game unless it's PlayStation. We don't play them things. Hey, put any console in front of me, and I will console you on it. G. I promise, I'm the best. You trying to beat me is just a test, but you gon' fail it. F. Every single time you run up on it, it's a guess. Never know what I'm coming with. Never know where I'm coming from. You don't know what I dealt with. You don't know what I'm doing, son. I'm the one, like Neo. And I sing, like Neo. Hanging in the backseat with the gang. Hanging in the backseat with the gang. Hanging in the backseat with the gang. With the gang. Network gang. Hanging in the backseat. With the gang, hanging in the backseat. With the gang, hanging in the backseat. With the gang, network gang, baby, network gang. www.bicbp-radio.com for all your podcasting needs and necessities. It's your boy, C-Ham. Yes, sir. A.K.A. A.K.A. the World Heavyweight Champion of Live Broadcasting. A.K.A. A.K.A. Abraham DeLacy A.K.A. the frivolous one A.K.A. the one they call him Ham Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Vinyl Divers. I'm your host, Anthony Mullen, and welcome back for another week. Uh, last week, we had a wicked episode. We had Chris on as a guest. We were promoing a new show that he has in the works. We did a mixtape. Uh, kind of, he brought on 90 songs to me, and it was pretty sweet. And I'm sitting there going, you know, next week I'm, you know, I didn't know what direction I was going for. I didn't know if I was going for something punk, something rock. And I was trying to think of an album I've just been listening to every day almost. And I have one. Uh, I've listened to it pretty much almost every single day, multiple times. There's been a few days I, I haven't. And I'm kind of ashamed to say it. I, I came to this album very late in my uh, life. Um, growing up. I was never a fan. Of, I was never a fan of this band, and it wasn't that I didn't not like their music. I just didn't like them. I don't know what it was about their sound, and I can't tell you why I wouldn't like them now. So I'm confused as to why I didn't like it. Uh, the only time I really ever saw anyone perform their songs was at Art Park one time when a cover band came through, and they weren't bad. They caught my attention, but I just don't know what it was. I think I just wasn't interested in them. And it's really weird because they're a 
incredible, incredible rock band uh, from 70s and moving forward. And they have an incredible history, and I'm not going into their history for this episode. This is an episode to review one of their albums. It's not their first. It's not their last. Um, I don't know if you would consider this one of their greatest. Maybe. Maybe not. But I'll tell you, this is the album that got me into this band. It is um, a band that musicians talk in such high high esteem. So it's so it's almost a shame that I didn't. But this band that I am uh, bringing to you today, the album is "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd. And so the band that I had seen back when I was going, I think I was in middle school, maybe high school, it was called The Machine, and they're a cover band that comes through. And from my understanding, they're one of the well-known Pink Floyd cover bands. I've never seen anyone play their music live after that. I never really listened to them ever with intention after that. And as... I've been just kind of growing as a musician. You know, Chris is introducing me to a lot of different music, a lot of different bands. And, and every week, every time I find a new band, it's kind of surprising me that, oh, I never liked them before. I didn't listen to them before. And it's just, I think it takes the right, the right exposure at the right point in your life. Um, and I don't know if it's good or bad that this is the album that hooked me for them. Because I listened to The Wall... A couple times, I, I attempted to listen to The Wall a couple times through. I've never fully sat down and listened to all of it at once. And so I'd, I've never gotten that full story in one sitting. I'm not as familiar with it. I, I kind of know the gist of it. But I realized, you know, The Wall was a bit of an intensive, al- intense album to try and sit down and listen to and really take in and appreciate. Um, and I was driving, it really, this album really sick, kicked in a couple weeks ago where I was driving and I was like, you know what? I know the song "Wish You Were Here" on guitar, or I, I wanted to know it, how to play it, and I know I have many friends, a bunch, almost all my friends that play guitar know how to play that. So I'm like, you know, I'm gonna start listening to this song. And as I was listening to the song "Wish You Were Here" multiple times over, I was like, well, this song's really good. Let me get the rest of the album. And then I started listening to the whole album over and over. And I'm gonna tell you, it's one of the my favorite albums too. Is when I'm driving, uh, one of the trips I take is from Rochester to Buffalo. It's like a good hour and a half and if you just time it right like i did the last the other uh day i got to listen to almost the entire album from in, in the car in one single car ride now, i didn't talk i think i didn't say anything I, I was in total silence except for the music and that drive and it was phenomenal and this album is great when you know this the backstory behind the album it makes it even better because it's one of uh, their second concept albums from the singer Roger Waters. And I don't want to go into the history of their band and the story behind Sid Barrett. I just kind of more or less want to talk about this album and the appreciation that I have for it as a new listener. This is this album, uh, this episode, I want to let you know is that this is how you turn someone that did not like Pink Floyd. I wasn't against them, but 
I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of them. Not nothing really caught my attention enough to say, "Hey, you got to listen to this band more." This this episode is to show that someone that's never listened to them before and even heard the certain songs from the wall that I knew. This is the album that was like, "All right, this band is definitely you need to really invest more time in." Um, and I do want to give you just a little overview of the album. I pulled it up on Wikipedia just because I think they sum it up very nice. The concept behind this album is that Wish You Were Here were Floyd's second album with a conceptual theme written entirely by Roger Waters. It reflects his feelings that the camaraderie that had served the band was by then largely absent. The album begins with a long instrumental preamble and segues into the lyrics for Shine On You Crazy Diamond, a tribute to Sid Barrett whose mental breakdown had forced him to leave the group seven years earlier. Um, Barrett is finally recalled with lines such as remember when you were young you shone like the sun and you reach for the moon or I'm sorry you reach for the secret too soon you cried for the moon um, the album also goes on to talk about issues such as there's a story and on multiple occasions where when they were introduced to big fat cat record executives they they would ask which one's pink showing that they didn't care about them as musicians. They just cared about, the, hey, they were famous, they knew how to play music, and they are going to make the money. And then also, I like the one song, The Machine also end, uh, demonstrates how the idea of the record, the record industry, the music industry as a whole, is that there is no creative freedom. You don't have, you're, you don't, you're not unique. You're not individual. You're just another cog in the machine that works to put out music, pop music, that the consumer's going to buy. And... I think this is one of the first songs I really listened to that really shows that. Um, there's another band that I I like that kind of focus. Like that's one of their biggest things that they don't like to be told by the record industry. But this is one song to me that really was like, it really threw it in my face. and was like, wow. So I want to get into it. This album is really phenomenal. Let's see, I'm going to pull up the vinyl. The album was released in 1975. And it was released from, where is there? Uh, Harvest in Columbia for the label. And it opens up with what you just heard, that the slow preamble, and it is a song, uh, Shine On You Crazy Diamond, and there is, one, two, three, four, five, there's ten part. I'm sorry, there's, there's nine parts to it. So inside one, it opens up with just a slow buildup to the song, Shine On You Crazy Diamond, and it's the first five parts of the song. And the lyrics, the, the first half of it, it's like a five- it's like a five minute long song, five if not longer. First half is just this instrumental, this really orchestrated. Um, it's, not, it's not like a song that was written with a chorus and just some music thrown together. It was very much, it makes me feel like, I think he, I feel like Roger Waters, really, they sat down, they took their time, and it's almost as if he composed it as a symphony. You know, I feel like he, he I don't know for sure or not, but it sounds to me that this whole introduction to this album. And the conclusion is so orchestrated that it feels like it was written as one rather than him writing a guitar part, putting it down and have someone throwing drums over. It feels like it was it was written together all at once. It feels like it came from just one of them. So I feel like Roger Waters writ, wrote it all himself. Probably not. I could be wrong, but I'm going to tell you it sounds so tight that it sounds elegant and just very just, it's not your typical music. And I think that's one of the things that maybe I was first put off against about this band is that whenever I heard some of their songs, it was very more progressive and they had the synthesizers. And I think even on a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about how I wasn't a fan of synthesizers in rock. Um, Chris argued me with Rush, I think. 
And I was like, all right, I kind of get you there. But this album really kind of broke through and kind of any any thought I had, any wall against them I had, it tumbled it down, it broke it down. And the introduction is perfect for that because it it brings you into this whole this whole story you're about to take, especially when you kind of have, you know, the story behind of it. Um, and then when it leads up in a shine on you, crazy diamond, like he starts singing, there's been enough melodies and licks thrown in that you'll start hearing throughout the rest of the song. And it's very book ended with, cause it concludes the whole album concludes on with the final four, um, the final four parts, uh, shine on you, crazy diamond. I love it. It's a really great song. It's very, uh, it's kind of like it feels like a kind of like the feeling like a Bohemian Rhapsody, where it's that constant build and drive, and it starts so slow and it kind of keeps driving and driving and driving and driving, and then what's crazy is that the next song it just hits a halt because Welcome to the Machine is just a it's again it's another build, it's setting up a tone, sets up a story. You start hearing um, it's more of industrial sounding, <clears throat> and I, and Welcome to the Machine I think is really good. I listen to the lyrics after I read through the story and you could hear them. Um, I'm very known for when I listen to albums. When I was younger, I, when I listened to his, uh, songs, I would really take in the lyrics. I'd really taken in. But now when I hear stuff, I kind of hear it and I don't fully listen. But like I said, my last drive when I took back from Rochester, I really listened to this album and I really just try to hear it all and take the story it was telling me. I'll tell you, Welcome Machine, I think it's one of my other favorite songs on this album. Um, I don't think there's a song I don't like. Unfortunately, just the two songs I really want to feature are just on the second side. Uh, side one is great. The giant buildup for crazy for shiny crazy diamond is great. Uh, it just leads just this big giant freaking rolling rolling ball down a hill, and then you hit welcome to the sheen, and you get another buildup one. And then when you get to side two, I don't know how I don't know if I would have listened to this first on vinyl, maybe it wouldn't have the same feeling. But I guess maybe the break would have mess with the flow but because i was listening to it on a cd when i was driving um, side two opens up with the first song i want to feature is have a cigar Um, have a cigar. See right there that uh, the, the build up. You'll hear that kind of that chord progression, though that uh, not really a lick, but that like you know that chord progression throughout the whole album, kind of that build up. And I really like that series of notes of the chords. I don't know what it is. It's just it's kind of like when you hear a catchy set of lyrics, but that it kind of brings you back. And it, that's kind of how I feel about the organs, keys, roads. It's more organs, electronic organs. I don't know. I like it. It has a fun sound. And I think this is the song that I did like the other two on the first side. But this is the song that when I listened through it, I was like, ooh, it's more of like I can get into it. I can sing to it. It was more, yeah, this wicked guitar. Yeah, the solo is crazy. I like the sound, the tones, the filters. There's this effect that he has on his voice where I don't know if it's maybe because of the time or if it maybe it was a studio or I don't know, was it an effect channel he had running through his vocals? I don't know if they had that. But whatever effect, whatever they did to make his vocals sound the way they did for that, 
it really stuck out. I think that was one of the factors that, you know, it's kind of like, that was like, you know, when you want to, when you want to find something new to listen to, you want to, you gravitate to certain aspects of a song because of a sound, a note or meaning for that song. Honestly, it was the tone and the way it kind of came across. I thought was interesting. And I started listening to the lyrics and it kind of got catchy. It really is a fun song. Um, now the lyrics start off with, uh, come in here, dear boy, have a cigar. You're going to go far, fly high. You're never going to die. You're going to make it if you try. They're going to love you. Um, and the way he sings it is that he's got that really fast cadence. And I'm not going to even try to attempt it. Um, but it's just like it really hooks you. And then the guitar is just phenomenal. It really is. And then the bass, um, I think it's uh, the bass just got this solid, just thought, um, this really not muffled, but very soft but very loud and it's just like a constant reassurance to kind of keep driving it in the background but the tone is very troubling on the guitar and when he plays that like lick on the it feels like he's playing it on like the high on the low e a strings it's not very high and twangy and really hooked me to the song and it's honestly it, i think i want to learn that song next because i really like the way it is i don't know how difficult it's going to be but you know i'll, I'll work at it I'll say that this this song is the one that really hooked me for the album. This is the one that you know, I think everyone knows the next song, whether you listen to Pink Floyd or not. Everyone's heard it. Everyone's heard someone play it. I don't know if I was hesitant to listen to Pink Floyd because of that. It's kind of like one of the where everyone tells you, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to listen to this because I was pushed because I heard the song being played so much from everyone. It's just like, I don't want to. I don't want I didn't want to kind of listen to it because of that. But this song is the one, you know, Have a Cigar is kind of what hooked me for the album. I'm like, all right, I like this. Let me let me give this next song another listen. And I'll tell you, when I listened to the next song, it was like, oh, fuck, this is phenomenal. It really is. Um, the next song on this uh, is Wish You Were Here. And discipline remains mercifully. Yes, and then neither would you. And I think that's one of the reasons... Well, I mean, I guess when you heard the very beginning, you hear this like little news clip, uh, TV reel or something, a radio radio reel. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's from a movie. I don't know. But when you hear that, when, I, when you first hear the song, it's very abruptly and you don't realize it. But when you listen to the whole song or the whole album and you just listen to it from song to song without hitting next or skip, it blends in from Have a Cigar. And the whole album kind of does it. Certain transitions are a little more abrupt than others. But the transition between Have a Cigar into Wish You Were Here are awesome. I love it. And it makes me, I really want to know. If you know what that little clip thing is, let me know. Email me. Podcast at Gmail. Let me know what that little clip is, please. Um, I know I probably just Google it as easy, but hey, want to hear from you guys. I uh, wish you were here, though. After now getting into the album fully and really listening to the song, really listening to the lyrics, after knowing 
somewhat of the history of Pink Floyd after knowing the story behind it. The song kind of, it really hits me a little differently. I see why it is such a great song. I can see why it probably was maybe difficult to write too. It was very, it's kind of sad, but it sounds happy at times. It's, um, it feels like it's not written in minor or major, maybe in, maybe in Lydian, maybe in a different mode. It's very, uh, very smart sounding, very like, the chord choices, and I think the uh, chord, no, I'm not, sorry, not the chord choices, the chord progression choices, and the way and the tone, just in the, the melody and the lead, it's just very, very fucking smart. And it just, it really conveys and brings meaning and really, uh, sorry, not meaning, it brings like an emotion with the song. It feels sad. You can hear someone almost kind of being sad over someone, sad, crying over something. But then the song kind of breaks into this happy, like, all right, so, and when the singing breaks in, it just feels like a sigh of relief. I think one of the reasons that also helps is because when you hear the song, it kind of sounds, um, I think the term's lo-fi. I think that's what it would be considered. And then when the song breaks in, it kind of breaks away from that and comes in like normal. And it really makes it stand out. It makes you feel alone in the beginning. It makes you feel like you're lost and kind of sad. And then when it rested, it kind of feels like this fan, the family's coming behind you. It feels this like, you know, everyone else is singing. And wish you were here. I'm, ass I'm assuming he's talking about uh, Roger, Wa Roger Waters is singing about Sid Barrett here. Um, you know, it, it was really sad. You know, I know uh, the original singer has... His mental health deteriorated to a point where he couldn't perform live anymore, and they just kind of faded him out. There was never an official kicking you out. It just kind of just happened. And from what I've learned, you know, a lot of his, a lot of uh, Roger's lyrics are about that, about how he felt remorseful over it because, you know, he wouldn't be there without Sid and how he just kind of just faded him into black out of that. And Wish You Were Here just very... I don't know. It's just a great song. Like it, honestly, I have to say, if that if I had to pick a top ten song list, this would have to be on there. Um, it'd be very hard. I think I'd have to be a top ten for like just top ten overall. Don't make me go gender specific or uh, genre specific. Don't make me go genre specific on that. But you know, it's a phenomenal song, and I'll say after Have a Cigar, Wish You Were Here is one of my favorites on this album. And then I'll tell you the album. It concludes with. Phenomenal, as I said it before, perfect bookcase. It's a Shine On You Crazy Diamond part uh, six, seven, eight, and nine. Phenomenal. Great. Um, the lyrics, again, you know, it starts off with uh, nobody knows where you are, how near, or how far. Pile on many more layers and I'll be joining you there. It's one of those, I don't know if it's maybe he's singing and wrote this because he didn't know if he was alive or dead and he was assuming maybe he was dead and he's like, you know, I'll, I'll see you someday. It's kind of how I took it. And then I, and I read a story where they, when they were recording, I think, I don't know if they recorded them separately, the two parts. I don't know which part they were recording, but I know there's a story where they were in the studio and Sid Barrett actually showed up and he looked so different that no one in the band recognized him. And it happened on the day that they were recording a song for him. And it's just very odd and very very emotional. I can, I can tell, I, I feel about it just because it's like, there's a true story and meaning behind it, but yet the music itself is awesome and incredible. And it's just so much about this album that just really, if 
If you've never listened to Pink Floyd, I'm telling you, this is the album that I would recommend you to go listen to. This is the one I would introduce you to. Um, my first album I introduced to was The Wall, and it was crazy. It was very intense. And I loved it. But for other people, I, I would probably recommend this album. It's a great. Uh, I maybe the wall would be better. I don't know if it came. I think it came out after. I wish you were here. I don't know if maybe listening to other albums to kind of build up to this album, so you understand their them as a band more. But I'll say, um, if you don't care about knowing the back history or anything, just dive into it. Read it a little bit on Wikipedia. Read into it a little bit. Put this album on and just listen to it. It's phenomenal. I actually, it's one of the albums in a long time where I have. I t- took a break from buying vinyls for a couple months. You know, I have enough in my collection. I've been pulling from them here and there. And the way I got this album and the way I've been listening to it so much now is actually funny. The other, a couple weeks ago, I was, uh, it was Saturday afternoon. I was bored. I think we had just gotten done hanging out um, in the studio. We were recording something else. I go, I go to uh, hang out with my friend Jay. And we're hanging out. We hang out with another friend. And I go, you know, guys, I want to go to a record store. Can you guys mind going? So we go to Black Dot Record or Red Dot, Black Dot records down in buffalo and they actually moved their location up the road so it was a little process to find them and when we show up i'm i have two two things in mind i say i'll find one wish you were here i was at barnes nobles i couldn't find it the night before that so i'm like you know what if i can find it here i'll buy it if it's cheap enough i don't want to spend too much i go besides that i was looking for a grateful dead uh live at ithaca and I'm like, if I can find that record, I'll buy that one if it was cheap enough. So I walk in. I'm looking through the record. I am not finding either. I'm looking through the old old used albums. Can't find anything. And I go over to the new album. Like, maybe I'll find it. Don't find the new uh, Pink Floyd. I don't find Pink Floyd over in the, maybe a new edition of it. So I'm looking over in Grateful Dead, and I actually find um, Live in Ithaca. And it was $32 for the first part. The second part was another $32. And I'd be like, hell no, not spending $60 on two vinyls. So I, I was like, shit, I'm not going to leave with anything. I was kind of disappointing, but I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm meant to find it, I'm meant to find it. And I look at the the guy working the counter. I'm like, listen, do you have any Pink Floyd anywhere I wouldn't, I'm not seeing heels. I think we have some new stuff in this new, in the new bins right behind you. It's like the new uh, stock coming in, not like brand new, new printed. It's just the new stock that they got, new collections they picked up. So I'm flipping through it, and sure as shit, I find a copy of Wish You Were Here. And there's when I was looking at the actual sleeve that it came in, the one with like the picture of like the um, the field with like the curtain, the red drape, it actually looks in pretty good condition. A little bit of color wear, a little bit of uh, indentation from the actual vinyl around it, a little, little cracking. But apart from that, the corners, the edges, there's one little edge that seems a little nicked, but I mean... For being what it is, is really good condition, and I just I just realized, um, right next to "Welcome to the Machine" on the back, it has a little tiny blue check mark, a little bit of like maybe water damage. I don't know if that's just maybe just time, and then I don't see a sleeve or there's no posters or nothing that came with it. The actual album itself, the actual album cover, this one has a little bit more damage. I don't I don't think it's supposed to have that gray at the top and bottom. That looks like it is worn from just time, which well, doesn't surprise me. And there is a ring around. So it's starting to look like the indentation of the record is starting to make a ring around the outside cover. But I picked it up for 10 bucks. It was a great deal, in my opinion. I expected this to go for a lot more. 
I possibly got ripped off. I possibly could have found it cheaper and for a better condition. I don't know. But, you know, my I've listened to this many times. Nothing is scratched on it. It is a great sounding. I recommend that if you can. Uh, this is, an, to me, this album is a 10. Very, very few albums will I listen to it instantly. Very, very rare do you get an album that I won't. So, all right. So here's the thing. When I drive, and I'm driving by myself and I'm listening to music, I'll either sing to it, I'll maybe talk to myself a little, make little jokes to myself, and I don't know, keep myself entertained while I'm driving. I get bored while driving. Very rarely do I ever put on an album and just drive in silence for myself. Like I, like I wasn't laughing. Like I just, I wasn't singing. I just was very quiet during this entire album, and it was phenomenal. It, you, that's not. I never do that. I'm telling you, this is a ten. This album is phenomenal. Um, it's worth ten dollars to me. Um, if, if I can get, if I would pay twenty dollars, sometimes it's hard. I understand the reasoning of the pricing for new albums. You know, rarely, usually it goes eighteen to twenty dollars for a basic uh, one vinyl, single vinyl A and B with like you know a thinner quality. I know when you get to that hundred eighty gram uh, grain gram, I think it's hundred eighty gram vinyls. They get more and more expensive. I got a Green Day, um, the American Idiot. And it was a double, so it was a little bit pricier, but because it was a 180, it was really thick and heavier, and it was more expensive. I get that. Um, but still, it sucks when you want to go buy a bunch of albums, and they're all like $20 a piece instantly. When I can get an album, I could stream it for free on my iTunes or Spotify. But this album, I would gladly pay for... a. You know, If I was to frame this one, and then get a new one, or maybe get one to frame... I would easily pay $20 for a brand new one of this. It's phenomenal. Maybe I get a poster with that one. Hell, I'd, I would love for that. But I'm going to tell you, this is great buy. Uh, if you're buying used, I can't tell you. I don't know what the value price of how much you should or shouldn't pay for it. I'll tell you. For me, this one is worth used $15, $10. Because at $20, i will just buy a brand new copy at that point. If I want something older and vintage, I'll buy a cheaper one and hang that. Anyway, guys. This was a phenomenal episode. I'm going to tell you, this album was great. I'm recommending it. It's 10 stars. Uh, thank you for joining in. I am going to be signing off. Uh, get me on social media at Vinyl Divers. Get us on the network Instagram at BICBP Network. Get us on Facebook, BICBP Radio Network. Uh, you'll see our image with our banner. And also, coming to you August 3rd, if you want to see me in person at a convention, if you want to come and see our other podcasts at a convention, if you want to come and see uh, local vendors and help support the network, we're throwing on Western New York's first PodCon showcase, August 3rd. Keep listening and keep checking for more details. Head to our Instagram. We have our previews about our promos for guests that are coming. Head to our Facebook page. We've been pushing our promos for who, what podcasts are we showcase. And there's an event, Western New York PodCon Showcase. Let us know if you're interested interested in going. Let us know. Come on out. Say hi. There's, there's gifts to win. And come on and support local podcasters. Anyway, guys, see you next week.